0: Hello, all. Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire cartoon fan podcast. This is episode 490, and today we'll be talking about The Last Witch from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. We've made it to the halfway point. Things are getting very spicy in the world of Summer Camp Island. And uh, that is a phrase that I am sure to repeat later in the season.
1: <laughs> yep, things will just keep getting spicier.
0: It's all more spice from here.
1: <laughs> They and they they know how to play it right. So this episode follows up. We we learn about a little bit about what the um, not the magical reserve the uh, metaphysical the metaphysical reserve. It turns out that we don't know much about it. But if we are ever going to find Susie's
0: sister, might as well dive in there to see if we can find her there. Thankfully, uh, Susie just so happens to have a complicated spell to send herself there.
1: Susie knows so much. There's many points in the season at which Susie's n- knowledge of magic is really demonstrated. Who knows where she? You know, this wasn't a typical spell that just requires one of the cutesy rhymes. I mean, she's drawing weird symbols in the sand. She knows about the whole witch circle to keep this portal open. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on here.
0: Yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think this is one of those times where she might have had a little help coming up with this spell. Yeah, I mean, Ramona definitely knows stuff, too. <laughs> it's like it just came to me, uh, might be something she said. I, th- I think uh, I think we'll come back to It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Maybe somebody else who wanted her to do this gave her this spell. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't, but we can guess at the time.
1: Yeah, and also we kind of figure out who is the most and least knowledgeable of the witches, too, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> or at least Susie's ranking.
0: No, it's not, she's not basing it on knowledge, she's basing it on seniority, which is why, uh, why Betsy, she showed up last, so she gets there. Uh, she gets to go last in the circle.
1: Right, and that's seniority in the group of hags, not even by age.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be definitely easiest for her to know that, and when half of your witches are probably immortal, in fact, I'm pretty sure all of them are probably immortal at this point, then, uh, you know, it's easiest just to go by, when did you join? Yeah, did
1: did Susie share an immortality potion with them? Like, why are the rest of them immortal?
0: <laughs> well, you saw how easy it was for them to decide to turn Betsy. I don't know if Alice was already immortal or not. I guess we'll never know. Right. I'll have to go back and watch that episode again just to see if there was one or two potions, but... Yeah, it it's interesting that it's such a free choice. I mean, as as we discussed back when we talked about Miracle Rabbit, uh, immortality is not a hard thing to achieve to a witch. No. It's kind of
1: interesting theme-wise, though, because it's bringing it back to our world. Like, what is immortality supposed to represent here, right? Like, just staying stuck in your ways, just not trying to change. I'm excited to, like, keep seeing how that plays out in the rest of the season, because um, it keeps being more of a thing.
0: Yep, it's a very important part of the theme. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but when they when they go to do their spell, I'll note that this is not the first time that we have seen the sight of two trees touching each other be used as the site to do a portal. The broom maker also uh, had a a different pair of trees that he used to access. Uh, Hedgehog's Little Forest, whatever it was called, so that he could get the right wood for her broom. Oh, yeah. Interesting.
1: I mean, I guess it's just a natural way to create portals. I was kind of fixated on, I guess they're just birch trees, these stripy trees, but they, it just reminded me of the Rascals.
0: Yeah, it definitely evokes the striped horse for me. Right, the striped
1: horse, and I mean the other trees, just a typical tree on Summer Camp Island. It's not doesn't really yeah, look like... Doesn't make me think bearded sheep no. much.
0: So I, I think it might just be a happy accident, but yeah, you never know. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it's weird in the shot, too, because the um, trees are reversed. So, like, on top of this hill that they're on, one half of the trees are the birch trees and the other half are the evergreen pine and the... the Or whatever. They're not pine trees, but whatever these Christmassy tree-type trees are. And uh, But the trees that are growing together for the portal are on opposite ends. So it's a very yin yang thing.
0: Yes, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So th- think about that for a while. <laughs> and we get, we do get classic Susie behavior for one the don't make me beg, and then she she begs, and when she gets what she wants from Opie, she's like, "Yeah, score one for Susie begging." <laughs> yeah. Apparently,
1: throwing a fit is. Uh... A thing <laughs> that we get examined, both from Susie and then uh, from, uh, what's her name? The baby baby.
0: <laughs> Lem.
1: Yeah. I love her suggestion. You know, what works for me is just
0: <laughs> yeah, just throw a pitching a fit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean, if I listen to all of them crying, if I could hear it, if I could get further away from them, I would just leave. But if it, if it was having to deal with all that or show back up to make them stop crying. I would have made them stop. <laughs> yeah, I I have, have they emphasized just how childlike
1: they are to this extreme before. Uh, they're really pushing it with the we're all babies
0: thing. But I <laughs> guess that's supportive for Hedgehog to lean into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of Adventure Time. Yeah, he can handle it. He's 12. <laughs> that's basically the age group they're in. And it's like... I mean, it's funny in Adventure Time, because you wouldn't figure a 12-year-old would be ready for such a life-or-death situation, so I think it's fair for them to be overwhelmed and emphasizing their babiness compared to all these grown-up witches who have just thrown themselves into the fray, just tossing themselves into a trance just to buy what feels like just a few seconds on that portal.
1: Oh yeah, don't even get me started about that portal shrinking nonsense because it seems to shrink instantly after a new witch you know goes into the trance and yet it stays at its small size for a very long time so it seems like they were maybe even unnecessarily advancing around the circle
0: Yep, it's almost like somebody wanted the witches out of the way or something Mm -hmm. food for thought wow
1: deep uh deep lore theories Well, maybe not that deep lore, but deep
0: theories. (laughs) But there was one witch held in reserve. Hedgehog, as the least senior witch, was given the very important, much like sitting in the center of the canoe, task of holding onto a jump (laughs) rope and pulling on it when she felt a tug. Susie was very dismissive of Hedgehog when she's addressing the whole group, but right there at the end, Susie made it clear to Hedgehog that it's like, no, this is actually important. I I do need you to pull this. So she trusts her when she doesn't have to admit it to others. True, that that's a great callback. The uh,
1: canoe, a very important job. I I wonder if they had any intentional parallel going on there between Oscar sort of experiencing
0: that and now Hedgehog. Well, intentional or not, Susie just wasn't there right now, so I'll take it. <laughs> I I appreciate
1: that you know, Oscar pitched doing the game of, I'm thinking of the game as but, but it was unless.
0: Unless.
1: First of all, that's a genius life hack. Uh, I feel like I could write a LinkedIn influencer post based on that about how to
0: inspire your team. There you go. Score yourself some likes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but but it's great that Hedgehog actually was the one who could react to all the unlesses so she finally got to put together not an adult perspective but just like
0: being a witch you know being a witch with good instincts that was a very cute moment it it helped because she wasn't fixated on getting a tooth out well (laughs) and what the hell was up with everybody else being fixated on teeth
1: That that really was a funny like we're all babies and all we can think about like what's the hardest thing we can think about doing or how are we framing everything it's about pulling out a tooth. We need
0: quarters so we can go buy a soda.
1: <laughs> exactly. Hey, I-, I think the kids at
0: least get one to five dollars these days, you know. That's true. That's true. Inflation, you know how it is. <laughs> uh, but I I liked when the babies all came to the rescue. Oscar's been spying on her, but watching from afar, you know, he's not trying to smother Hedgehog, but he wants to be there to support her. Also, he might have a mildly unhealthy attachment, but we've explored that in previous seasons. We don't need <laughs> to dwell on it here. I did like the entrances that everybody got a cool uh, unique to their magical creature type entrance. I do want to give special shout out to Lucy with her uh, uh-huh. Yeti tumble and Oliver with his like a monster lurking in the bush. That was really good. Although Alexa's sequence was pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, I always love seeing the tiny creatures, the
1: mice reacting to <laughs> You know, our baby giant is so funny. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm concerned that the mice just casually have crosswalks on the ground that nobody can see. Like,
0: it's terrifying. Please be on the lookout. <laughs> You're getting flashbacks to Hilda, are you? With the uh, elves that no one else can see because they can't file the paperwork? Yeah, I mean, it's not a safe life to live. <laughs> well, I guess that's why they needed a smaller giant uh, to build a tiny creature awareness. Right. <laughs> Uh, but I, I I know that normally we're pretty down on Oscar. You know he's definitely the baby <laughs> of the pair between him and Hedgehog. But I just liked how he was very you know calm and supportive of Hedgehog. He's like Hedgehog's going through a lot of stuff, guys. Do you mind if I take the lead so she can uh, she can relax here? So polite. Ugh. He's he's too good at managing these
1: situations.
0: It's like he's a glowworm or something.
1: I I swear though, Oscar plays this. Again, this episode, he's such a problem solver, but he never has the answers, right? He just approaches situations with such calm, foolish confidence in success and just believing that if you treat your mental health first, (laughs) then everything else will follow. And it's so naive, yet it works out,
0: you know, every time for him. (laughs) I mean, be real. Isn't Oscar the kind of manager you want running your team? (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Let Summer Camp Island not be just a linked (laughs) fluencer
0: pool of inspiration. Oh, my God. But, I mean, this episode literally ends (laughs) as a team. (laughs) If you want to build cloud on LinkedIn, you could mine for it in worse places than Summer Camp Island. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I, I do want to...
1: For some godforsaken reason, visit LinkedIn.com and then just see a bunch of
0: Summer Camp Island, like, GIFs and <laughs> and direct quotes, you know? Everything I need to know about uh, business, I learned at Summer Camp. <laughs> That's
1: too good. Uh, if I could sing the, like, Babies Going to the Mountain song as just, like, part of my stand-up at work, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: oh, I... I loved that song, by the way. So supportive, so good. It gives me chills, practically. But I just want to know, I love this song so much, why did you have to do the lyrics in a way where they're kind of wrong on purpose? You can feel Mm -hmm. places where the rhymes are clumsy or the words don't fit the beat. I understand that these are characters who are, like, singing... Diegetically, they shouldn't be perfect, but like it's a TV show, it should be. So I'm yes. wondering do I love this because of the imperfections or in spite of it? I love them because I don't think that you can
1: always do it. Like Adventure Time had this going on, Summer Camp Island, super inspired by that. And I think in this instance, like it's because they're all together and kind of singing the song, it feels Kind of Steven universe Like, they are actually singing, right? It's not just, like, a musical number. Yeah. And this is them coming... Like, they've heard the Ansco marching song, and they're now making their own version of it. So, it feels right.
0: Okay, so you think it wouldn't have the same impact to me if they had massaged the song for a bit more and made the, made the words fit a bit better? I... I liked it more this way. I can't
1: tell you how you would have felt, (laughs) but I do think it emphasizes what's actually happening better compared to just having a perfect rendition of the Antsco Marching. Also, it seems too hard to come up with a perfect version. Like this just proves that (laughs) ChatGPT didn't write it, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) There you go. Or maybe it does prove
0: that. I don't know. (laughs) Well, either way, I loved the song we got, so I can't be upset about it, but it was something I wondered.
1: It's kind of like all the, uh, if you're looking for perfect rhymes that also just come together in a very organic way, all the witch spells, you know, also scratch that itch, but they're a little more perfect. Also, I loved the kind of micro version of that where each witch needed to say a, uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, a common way to say goodbye
0: <laughs> but betsy couldn't even finish her see you later alligator
1: right and yet it still worked out so i guess they didn't really have to say say it
0: <laughs> i mean maybe that was a joke because she said oh don't worry we'll uh be done before we before we run out of uh little catchphrases and then apparently they ran out or maybe <laughs> she finished be- i don't know which side they're going for they either ran out of catchphrase or she finished, before she finished the catchphrase, so she technically told the truth. <laughs> the best kind of truth. Technically correct, it's the best kind. Uh, but, I just I just want to also, Pepper, I love him in this season so much. Like, why, why was Pepper not a Susie Simp before? He is so good in this season, <laughs> but it's advanced another eighth of an inch worm. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: uh, so funny, and... Yeah, once you figure out how to flanderize a character the right way, sure, do it, you know? I love that that's his primary
0: character trait, (laughs) you know, and they can just put aside anything else. This isn't even flanderization. He was given a whole new characterization. Right, true. (laughs) Flanderization, we're going to take a trait he used to have and make it dominate the character. Whereas this is, we're going to take the opposite of a trait he used to have and make it dominated no i this actually happens
1: because i've been rewatching watching psych and you know in case anyone doesn't remember you know psych the show about the psychic detective from usa from like the mid-2000s 2010s ah. so a burn notice contemporary yes absolutely the the secondary primary character uh gus he's like a very uh smart guy he's very uh picky he's very uh knowledgeable on all sorts of random things this always comes in useful in many episodes by the time you get to season seven though out of nowhere he just likes food and he likes food so much that like you know if a guy dies and falls in it face forward into the food the first thing on gus's mind is oh can i have that or oh there's (laughs) you know someone hunting sasquatch and they've left raw chicken out in the woods and gus is just eating the chicken this character trait comes out of nowhere and doesn't feel like it lines up with Gus at all. And it's this whole season. And I don't know if it carries into the final one. So, um you know, writers just be making choices. <laughs>
0: they just do it.
1: Whatever's entertaining. And I guess they looked at Pepper and they said, you know what? Let's just make him obsessed with <laughs> the, the food of Susie's attention and love. And, uh, well, here we are.
0: Well, we'll see how well that works out for him later in the season. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on The Last Witch. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David.
1: Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit lunarceasefire.com.